Welcome to Between the Lines, a podcast by the Timothy Project. Tune in to an intriguing, mind-stimulating podcast where your mind-boggling questions in the Bible are analyzed. Simply breaking down mysteries in the Bible, precept upon precept in the scriptures until we see Jesus. Be blessed as you listen. Welcome back again, family. This is Between the Lines, the official podcast for the Timothy Project. I'm your host, Eugenia Kekeli, and I am stoked to have you here with me today. Uh, we're still going to be discussing Emuna, which is our current series, but I'm not here by myself. I have some lovely people here with me, and I'm going to allow them to introduce themselves. Bethmond? Hi, everyone. I'm excited to be here today for today's enthralling discussion of faith. Uh, our last episode was nice and exciting, and I hope that this one will bless you too. Um, stay in for the ride. Don't run off. Uh, I promise you something's good going to come out of this. Yeah. He- hello, everyone. Um, so, two here. Um, great to be on today. I'm uh, looking forward to a very exciting discussion on faith. I mean, uh, faith is a very central theme in our Christian walk, and it will be good to explore it some more today. So yeah, excited to be here. Looking forward to the discussion. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I like how everybody is excited and excited and excited. So uh, we've rolled out one podcast on um, Imuna already, which was with the woman with the issue of blood. Um, Quite an awesome discussion, if I do say so myself. Uh, So you should definitely go listen to that if you haven't yet. But today we're discussing another character and exploring the lessons on faith that we can garner from this character's story. So I'm going to be reading the intro for this character um, right now, and then we can jump in. He was a ruler of the synagogue. He was respected and admired by all. However, his daughter, who was only 12 years old, had fallen ill and was dying. Even as he sought help, news came to him that it was in vain. His daughter was dead. There was no hope. His name is Jairus. And thus we're introduced to our character for today, Jairus. Um, So too, what do you know about Jairus? Like off the top of your head, when you hear Jairus, what do you remember about him? Well, off the top of my head, um, I remember Jairus to be uh, I respected during the Jewish um, in the Jewish community in Jesus's time. Uh, he was one of the uh, respected people. Um, I think even Romans at the time um, who um, contributed the quota to Jewish development, if you will, and. From what I know, um, the Jews respected him a lot. And so um, even at the time that he was, not to get ahead of myself, at the time that he was engaging with Jesus, the the Jews around at the time were encouraging Jesus to to go because of the the kind of person that he was. Um, So um, that that notwithstanding, he was also somebody who was was of prominence. Um, Mm. Yeah, he was was coming in terms of, social strata somebody would say that he was in the top echelon so yes, that's what i remember about gyros my 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 my, my history on gyros is a little bit foggy but uh off the top of my head that's what i remember about him so do you not kill me with this english to do he was in the upper most day it is it, it is gone it is finished 
<laughs> Beth, what about you? What do you know about Jairus? Um, I think Soto covered most of the things that scripture reveals about him. And uh, he was right. one who was respected, a ruler of the synagogue, which could mean two things. It's either he was a teacher in the synagogue or one of the leaders that served in the synagogue. Uh, whichever way you look at oh. it, it meant that he had, he had a high position among the Jews because uh, during the time of Jesus, especially uh, when they were, the, the Jewish people went into exile, that is when synagogue culture developed. They moved from temple to synagogue structure. So the synagogue was like um, our version of the local church in a particular community. And whatever community Jairus was in and Jesus was operating, Jairus was one of the rulers of the synagogue. So he could be either uh, a deacon or an elder. If I'm, I'm just putting it in a normal contemporary church, he would either mm. be a deacon, an elder, or maybe an associate pastor also in the Jewish system. Right. So Jairus' story is actually recorded in the Gospels of Mark, Matthew, and um, in Mark, he's in chapter 5 from 21 to verse 43. And in Matthew, he's from chapter, he's in chapter 9 from verse 18 to 19. Very brief there for Matthew. And in Luke uh, from chapter 8 from verse 40 to 56. Now, please listen to this. I'm begging you. Go and read for yourself the story of Chiris. I found um, during this whole blog, listening to people's questions about some of the things like they see in the blog and everything, that a lot of times our knowledge on biblical characters is based on the highlight reel that the pastor presents to us when he's preaching on something concerning them, or that our high, uh, was it, our Sunday school teacher has, you know, maybe a part of the story that has been turned into a song for us, and that's all we know about the character. You beg you, it's not enough. Go and read it yourself. Why? Go and discover the characters for yourself. We beg. We are pleading with you. Okay. So yes, like uh, both Bethmond and Sotu rightly said, um, Jairus is um, out to borrow from Sotu, but I'm afraid of Agba. So let's just say that he was popular. Okay. <laughs> he was quite. He was quite popular in society. He was a high class member of society, so to speak. Right. And, um, you know, people, I mean, of course, because it's a high class member of society, society tends to pander to those people. So knowing that he sought Jesus's attention, you know, people are willing to make way for him to have access to Jesus or to pave the way for him to have access to Jesus. Well, I mean, that's for those who were um, open to the idea of Jesus being able to help. But what we do know from the, the Bible is that at that time, or at that period, um, most of the Jewish leaders were against Jesus. They weren't, you know, Charlie, they weren't trying to hype him up at all. They weren't for his campaign. Crime. So um, that's basically the background we have of Jairus. And this man has a daughter who's 12 years old um, and she's dying. She's at the point of death. And so he seeks out Jesus to um, help him you know, save his daughter, heal his daughter. And even in the process of seeking out Jesus, some messengers come from the house and they're like, she's gone, she's dead. Um, and that's the background story that we're coming in with, with Jairus. We're going to take a very short break right now so they can stay with us. And please make sure to follow 
our socials if you're not following us we are the underscore timothy underscore projects on instagram on twitter we are ttp underscore ghana and on facebook we are the timothy project please make sure to follow us sending your questions sending your suggestions we love to interact with you guys and so charlie let's vibe let's catch a vibe okay Welcome once again. This is Between the Lines. Uh, Bethlon, we're going to be discussing the first lesson in the blog from Jairus's character. Um, what, what exactly does that lesson say and what's your take on it? Okay, so um, uh, the first lesson we drew from the story of Jairus is that in your time of desperation, you should still turn to Jesus. There is um, often the there's an expression uh, we call regression to the mean. So whenever uh, things are dire or things are uh, going back to normal or going to a bad situation, everything seems to regress to a normal order of doing things. Jairus' um, uh, daughter was dying, and uh, even to the point that uh, he, he had to turn to Jesus for a radical situation because turning to Jesus was not a popular thing. Turning to Jesus was not something that um, was smiled upon, especially in Jairus' um, uh, social standing. Because like you said mm-hmm. earlier, the Jews were opposed to Jesus. So in such a situation, um, uh, he could have turned elsewhere, he could have given up hope. Uh, but in his desperation, he turned to Jesus. And the good news is that sometimes it really doesn't matter how you come, but it is that you come to Jesus. Because um, uh, Jesus did not turn him back and say, you came to me because it was your last resort. He still calls out to him. He still welcomes him with open hands. And he says, I'm going to come to your home and heal your daughter. And uh, that is a big lesson and a big comfort to each and every one of us. That in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our troubles, in the midst of our desperation, sometimes the tendency is to um, uh, hang your head low, lower your shoulders, and count your losses. Jairus could have counted his losses and said that my daughter is dead. We don't know if he had any other children. Most probably he did. And consoled him, himself in the fact that he had other children he could rely on. But Jairus refused to let his problem have the final say. He said that if this Jesus is who he says he is, if this Jesus is who I've heard him to be, then it really doesn't matter people's opinions about him. It doesn't matter what people will think about me if I should turn to Jesus. I'll still turn to Jesus anyway. And we see the result. So the first lesson is that in the midst of your desperation, instead of regressing to the mean, going into unbelief, counting your losses, still turn to Jesus and he's able to turn situations around. That was amazing. I feel like I should be this down. That was awesome. Um, so what are your views on the first thing as well? Well, um, uh, not to add too much to what Bethman said, because he said, he said quite a lot, and I agree with most of the things he said. In fact, I agree with all that he said. Um, again, the, in Hebrews uh, 11, 6, we, we are, the definition of faith is given, and 
we understand that God is a reward of those that come to him, right? Um, if, you, if you exercise your faith, um, God rewards that. But you don't exercise your faith just in, any, in anything, but you must exercise your faith in God. And coming to God or acknowledging that he holds the answers to your problems and he can turn your situation around is what he honors and it is what he rewards. And so just like Bethmond said, um, oftentimes the, the status quo tells us what to do or how to act in certain situations. Um, there seems to be a predefined way we, we ought to respond um, uh, in any situation that uh, we find ourselves. Even so typical example, we are told by psychologists that uh, when you suffer loss, there's a grieving process. You, you, you are first in denial and then you go into uh, mm -hmm. some other states, which I have forgotten, pardon me, but they tell us that this is how we are supposed to act. This is how we are supposed to behave. Um, this is what you are supposed to do. Um, but um, if we if we if we turn to Jesus, those things that seem um, enshrined in our society and they seem to be the status quo and the way we ought to go, um, there is there is an alternative, a better alternative. In fact, that allows us to overcome those um, challenges that we face. And it is simply turning to Jesus Christ. Um, also, we are not just, we are not saying that um, if you turn to Jesus, then all your problems and all your sorrows will go away. Um, I don't want people to, to walk away with that impression. However, Jesus is your best bet in any situation that you find yourselves. All right. We see it play out a lot of times, uh, even in biblical narratives, uh, when he's with the disciples, when they're on the sea, um, with various characters in the Bible when they had issues. Mm -hmm. um, turning to your own intellect, your own wisdom, turning to um, the wisdom of others, even turning to other powers that may be, um, is not um, the solution. Um, you may find maybe respite or you may find some solution uh, in the interim, but ultimately the end uh, will not be good. But one sure bet that you have as a believer or anyone, in fact, if you can tend to Jesus and 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 cast your cares on Him, Bible says that if we, we should cast our cares on Him because He cares for us, right? So cast your cares on Jesus, and you know that the solution that He will give to you, um, it cannot be compared to any other. Bible says that the blessings of God, they come without um, any sorrow with it. It's unlike other people who bless you and then they ask. They are, they are stabbing your back. Jesus is God's <laughs> blessings are without sorrow. And so, again, um, I don't know where you may be or who may be listening, but whatever situation you are in, your, your, your sure bet uh, or your best bet will be to turn to Jesus to help you out in your time of difficulty, just like Jairus did. That's, that's great. Um, I mean, as you know, as much as we're saying, tend to Jesus, even if he's the unpopular choice, and in as much as we're expounding that he's a sure bet and everything, we appreciate that it's not always easy to, to tend to Jesus or to tend to God um, in a difficult situation, right? I feel like uh, my generation in particular has glorified depression and despondency and um, generally doing ourselves pity parties, right? Uh -huh. And uh, these things never really bring us any results aside to assuage our feelings and, you know, feed into our emotions and make us 
you know like, i think we give our emotions too much room to operate i think that sometimes um especially in dire situations like this um focus on 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 the principles and the promises of god rather than your feelings or your emotions at the moment right because how you're feeling about it is 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 only going to be how you're feeling about it like that's the 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 maximum impact it would have is just how you're feeling. It's not going to change the situation in any way. And another thing that I think that we have sort of a tunnel vision when we come to God with our problems and we have a tunnel vision on how we think the problem would be solved. Uh, but let's keep an open mind because sometimes the situation will not get better, but you will. Um, maybe the crisis or whatever it is that you're dealing with will not change, will not get better. Maybe you, you will not receive the healing that you're expecting, um, but God will change you or God will transform you, help you get better to deal with that situation. And I like that. So to use the example of Jesus in the storm with the disciples, I think that we need to recognize that sometimes God will not calm the storm. He will just teach you how to navigate through the storm. And we need to we need to have faith to believe that, you know, he's capable of doing that for us. Let's not box him into, you know, one way of solving the problem. He's way beyond that. Right. So the feelings, they acknowledge them, feel them. But um, faith, faith in God proves to um, give a better result. It gives a better result. It gives um it gives more hope for the future, Charlie. So yeah, th that's our first lesson, which is a two-in-one. Tend to God even if it's not the popular choice and, um, you know, uh, allow him to, to do what he ought to do to make the situation better for you. Don't just, you know, rely on your emotions. Even if it's, it seems hopeless, even if it seems like there's no solution to this, you are still going to give it to God. Just go and see if maybe, yeah you do something about it for you. Amen. Okay, so we're moving on to the last lesson. And it's a lesson that I think Bethmond likes the most in this blog post. Bethmond, am I right? It's my, it's one lesson that I actually like and I, I appreciate my, it's one of the things that caught my eye uh, quite recently when I was reading this story. And um, so um, when we read the Jairo story, Funny thing is, the Jairo story and the woman with the issue of blood story happened concurrently. So Jairus comes to meet Jesus, and uh, Jesus uh, accepts the invitation to go to Jairus's home to go and heal his daughter. Funny enough, um, uh, let me sidetrack a bit. Um, uh, when Jesus had accepted to go and they were almost home, there were people that came running and said that, um, um, the, the problem is worse than we thought. Your daughter is dead now. And Jesus did something else that was quiet, just to keep silent, silent the doubters. And sometimes in our journey of faith, we need to come to a point where we silence the naysayers. And you ask them to keep quiet because mm -hmm. once you've called on Jesus, it really doesn't matter what anyone says. Even it is, it doesn't mm -hmm. really matter how bad the situation has got. Once right. you have called on Jesus, Rest assured that he will come through and he will deliver as he has promised. It, it, it could be uh, that your daughter may be dead, like Jairus, or even worse, 
Lazarus was dead for four days. But mm. once Jesus has committed himself to the issue and has committed himself to come through for you, we must silence the naysayers because your faith matters, right? And uh, that, that, that was a little rabbit trail I had to, I had to run. On. But back to the main lesson that was, uh, I was going to talk about today. So the, the, the woman with the issue of blood and Jairus was happening concurrently. So Jairus is on his way to go and heal. Uh, Jesus is on his way to go and heal Jairus' daughter. Jairus, because he's a man of standing, he's a, a man of, 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 of um, societal class, comes and approaches Jesus. But this woman with the issue of blood we looked last week, because of her social standing, because of her, her, her disease that would not let her have social interaction, she had to sneak in the crowd and approach Jesus from behind. So we have the woman approaching Jesus from behind, Jesus in the middle, and Jairus from the front. And it really didn't matter that Jesus was focused on Jairus' situation. The fact that the woman had faith and still came to Jesus, though he wasn't physically focused on her situation, he was able to bring a solution to the woman. So sometimes our mm. faith draws the attention of God. And that is why faith is important for us as believers. And while she touched the woman, I'm sure sometimes I like to play movies of Bible scenes in my head. I can imagine Jairus, where Jesus had paused and is having this long discourse because the Bible says, and he turned to her and said, woman, somebody attached me. And when he turned to her, the Bible says, uh, I think in the Luke verse, she, she told him all that had happened to her. So I'm sure Jairus was there fuming, furious, angry, impatient, that mm. Jesus, I need you to come and deal with this situation for me. Um, Let's focus on my situation right now. But you see, Jesus is never too late. He can handle two situations at the same time. He can deal with the woman with the issue of blood and still make it just in time to bring Jairus' daughter to life. He can deal with a woman who is counted as down the societal ladder. And he can still deal with those who are up in the upper echelon of the societal class. So it doesn't matter where you stand. It doesn't matter how people view you. It doesn't matter where um, uh, your, 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 your society marks you and places you and hedges you in. Jesus is what we call the great equalizer. He's able to take the highs and the lows. He's able to take the rich and the poor. He's able to take the sick and the broken, the healthy and the well. And Jesus, when we act on faith and come to him, he's able to turn our situations around. So that's my great, my, that's, that's what excites me, that Jesus is not a respecter of persons. He didn't, he didn't neglect the, 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 the poor bleeding woman at the expense of Jairus. And he didn't focus on Jairus, or he didn't focus on the woman at the expense of Jairus. He was able to meet both needs when they needed him the most. And that's what excites me about Jesus. He is our great equalizer. Wow. Yeah, indeed. Jesus is a great equalizer. Um, so, to anything you want to add? Yeah, uh, something like also to what Bertman has said. I mean, I was I was going through the look, um, how the looks look recording of of the events, and it's interesting 
to note that um, Jairus's daughter was 12 years old um, and the woman with the issue of blood to heart suffered in her uh, in, a, in a challenge for 12, also for 12 years. And I thought it was a beautiful symmetry there that you see um, that speaks to the fact that God um, is, is no respecter of persons and that our faith is a, is a strong equalizer, right? Um, this is somebody who um, had the means, right, to um, deal with whatever ailment that may, 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 may prevail in, in his household. I'm speaking of Jairus, right? He probably also had tried everything that he, within his power um, to help his daughter because the Bible captures um, his situation as one that was there. His daughter was, was dying and, and she was 12 years old. Um, the Bible doesn't say that she had been ill from the time of her birth, but it is, mm. it is interesting to note that those, I mean, the number of years that yeah. was playing out was the same. Um, again, with the issue of, with the, with the woman with the issue of blood, she also had the means. Um, however, she had, had expended all that she had on, 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 on physicians and still was not better. Mm -hmm. So the truth of, so when you look at both stories, it is like they had all come to their wit's end. Um, everything that probably they had tried um, had not worked. And right. at that time, Jesus seemed to be the only viable solution, right? And um, Jesus, Batman did mention earlier on, God doesn't really care when you come to him, only that you come to him. And we see that happen here. Um, he doesn't place one above the other. And he attends to them both equally. And for me, um, whilst we are acknowledging that faith is an equalizer, there's another lesson in there that I just want to bring out, which is, right. which is that it doesn't, it, you, you don't have to um, suffer for 12 years before you come to Jesus and get your, your healing mm -hmm. and get your solution. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, you get it. Um, these people yeah. had come to their wit's end um, before they came to Jesus. You don't necessarily have to come to your wit's end. You, you know who you must go to for your answers. So right now we go to that person um, for, for, for your answers. And so for me, um, the, the, the last lesson which says that it, it truly is an equalizer. Um, Bethman has said a lot about that, so I won't go too much into it. But I just wanted to bring this out, that there's a beautiful symmetry in the Both of them um, were, were dealing with these things for 12 years. Both of them had probably expended what what they could do maybe in terms of wisdom knowledge money whatever and they were both at their wit's end and at the point where they were the most desperate and at their wit's end and they both called on to jesus jesus christ or the lord attended to both of them equally right mm. and so we say again that let nothing hold you back let nothing push you away um, mm. um whatever your situation is whether you are rich or poor um come to jesus let him be your first choice Amen. You right. don't need to suffer for 12 years. Mm. Amen. Amen. That's, <laughs> that's a very big point right there. I think that um, we do that as well, even in our daily lives right now when, you know, and the, the funny thing is that having a constant relationship with God um, is likely to put all these dramatic encounters, it, it's likely to make them unnecessary, right? Because you're already of that place of intimacy and trust and reliance upon him. And these are the core concepts of Imuna, which is why we used it for the series title. 
it, it's um, basically built up on trust in God and reliance on God. And so once we cultivate that daily faith um, lifestyle, once we cultivate that, Charlie, 24-7, we're, we're trying to be intimate with God. Uh, we're relying on him for every little thing. We're relying on him and we're trusting that he would come through um, because of who he is and not because of what our circumstances look like, how bad it is, how not too bad it is. Like once you start trusting God for every little thing in your life, it's not a giant leap to think that he can solve the big things in your life, um, the big problems in your life as well, because it becomes instinctive to go to him with a problem. And like so too says, you don't have to suffer through 12 years of the problem and try every other thing and go every other place um before coming back to jesus um for the solution he will still receive you but i mean charlie 12 years of pain and anxiety and stress that really could have done without right so let's make that a point um for ourselves that we would practice imuna that we would um rely on god for every little thing in our lives for um the very basic things like even breathing um we would be conscious of the fact that he is the one providing it for us and we would rely on him consciously and trust that he's he's coming through for for us in this way and not box him in and and try and determine for him how he would problem or how he would um be, be be available to us and that in doing so we would be able to um, communicate with him when we meet giant problems and we would be able to experience his um, his, his, his abundant faithfulness. Um, and knowing that, you know, Charlie, regardless of all I've said, even if you come at the very last minute, he's still there for you. He still has got you. And it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done. Um, it's all irrelevant to God. All he cares about is that you, you have come to him. That's, that's the only requirement is that you come um, willing to believe, um, searching for him, and he will, he will take up the... So that brings us to the end of another lovely session. Um, I have been your host, Eugenia Kekeli. I had Beth One and Soul 2 with me today. And it was lovely. I really like... Um, how the series is panning out so far. I'm looking forward to the next one as well. I hope you are too. Uh, please do make sure to follow us on our socials, go to our website, read all the amazing blogs that we have there. We have very old um, series as well, Charlie. Go and educate yourself in the things that matter to your faith and your growing in Christ. Stay safe, stay blessed. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Between the Lines by The Timothy Project. The Timothy Project is a crowdfunded discipleship ministry that seeks to train and disciple young believers, presenting them perfect to Christ. What we do here is made possible by your generous gifts and donations. If you've been blessed and seek to support us, you can find our giving options in the description below. Keep tabs on our website for exciting blog posts. You can also interact with us on our social media handles in the description below. The Timothy Project, presenting every man perfect.